Okay, we're back on the Nobody Talks to podcast, and uh, we're here with our special guests. Hey, I'm a special guest. Somebody wants to be a special guest. We'll give him the attention he needs post-podcast. Post going to hire him somebody special. And we're here with uh, Ahuva, Holy Shade, recurring character, recurring guest. The people love her. They adore her. So we, of course, had to bring her back. That's so sweet. Yes. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks for coming, Ahuva. You're welcome. And Sarala, who is from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. one of the top hair stylists in the country, not just Brooklyn. Ooh. She's yeah. done my yeah. hair many times. In the country, right? You've traveled outside of Brooklyn to do it. Um, I have. Outside of Brooklyn true. is considered the country because Brooklyn right. people are, you know, obviously right. just You're like, where are condensed. you from? They're like Brooklyn. Exactly. But they're really from Flatbush. There's other areas in Brooklyn besides for Flatbush, exactly. but they're from Brooklyn. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. But um, yeah, we have a great story to tell about, you know, the overall shidduch journey that people will go through uh, in their lives. Then we're going to hear from Sorrow. We're going to hear from Ahuva, some psychodynamic thoughts about, you know, what goes on, what people's experiences are, some of our experiences. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to that after this short break. Episode 59, people. We'll be back. Oh, 60. Episode 60, we'll be back after this. Okay, thanks for coming back from the break. So, Sarla, as I said before, and I wanted to introduce mm-hmm. you know, the discussion about people should have experiences, I wanted to start off, you know, by, I guess, asking you, obviously you're a girl, you've dated for, I guess, a number of years. Like, tell me if I'm you don't have offending you by long. saying how a long, A number, how like many how years. many handfuls do you want? Uh, <laughs> exactly. But, um, and obviously that, that those years of dating do something, they like, you know, they count as part of your life experiences. Mm-hmm. And and I guess we wanted to start from the beginning of that. Meaning like okay. what was your mentality at the beginning of that dating experience and what were you thinking about marriage, shit dating, you know, was there even thoughts going on? I know for myself, not really, but mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about that. So my early dating experience was obviously very different than what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and my perspective obviously was very different. Um, I was coming from a pretty generic Orthodox, uh, I grew up Chabad, but regardless, it's kind of like the same Shidduch system where there's Shadchanim, they give you suggestions, you say yes, you say no, there's a resume, there's a picture, and, and you know, so goes on. So... Um, going into it, I was actually, you know, kind of excited and I was, you know, looking forward to finding my person and I thought it would happen probably quick. Oh, sorry. I thought it would happen probably, you know, pretty quickly because that's just how it was. You know, people, by the time you're 23, you were engaged. And I actually remember as a teenager, there was some girls, some girls who were like, over 21 and it was such a crisis it was such a crisis it was like oh my god they're (laughs) single and one was like 24 25 and they were getting older and it was like oh my god like really it was like you must pray for them it was it was a real crisis because there really wasn't anyone that age that was still single Mm -hmm. so it really was a crisis it wasn't like fabricated people weren't being dramatic it was just the reality of our upbringing that by 22 23 max a girl mm-hmm. was married. I, I was, was just, yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that, Sarla. I was just speaking t- 
with about this topic. I don't know if it was with you, Avery, or if it was another interesting friend I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, it was a backhanded, I'm sorry. Basically, what happened was, it was Thanksgiving, just happened, Hanukkah, let's say Hanukkah, so from the podcast, it was Hanukkah dinner, mm-hmm. and I'm like, whatever happened to Uncle Eddie? Whatever happened to Aunt Sally? And I'm thinking, like, wait a second, they were the weird singles back in the day who, like, also just kind of, like, dissipated into whereversville. Mm. And so I think it did happen before, just never addressed, never branded or it as was a just crisis. Like, well, crisis it, at it, the border. It was maybe those people that were single and older were interesting characters. The, they were. Okay. But the what when I was younger, those girls that I'm talking about were, like, great good normal people, very yeah. quote unquote normal what is normal anyways what right? is right but i mean it's they're they're like conventional people it's conventional to it's uh what's that word they were it's run like, of the mill i it's would prevalent. say it's ha- prevalent it happens right it was right yeah so that's where yeah so anyhow so i always thought like oh that's such a crisis and then what happened was you know i started dating and um boys would get suggestions and my parents were the ones that dealt with it and i was more than happy because also I grew up um, in an interesting way. I grew up Chabad. My parents were Chabad Rabbi and Rebetzin of a of a Chabad center. But my parent also my home, like foundationally, was was very religious and and very 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 strong in the in religious values and also Chabad values. You know, customs and mindset and upbringing. So there was that aspect. But then also because my parents were very influential in the non-religious amongst non-religious people and not just there wasn't it wasn't a community my parents built a community from people that were not affiliated or religious so i was very much exposed to that lifestyle the you know lifestyle etc of you know and and you know we were we were close to a lot of these people growing up um and then but at the same time i wasn't really it was it was not really the norm, and it was, you know, quite frowned upon for to have contact with somebody of the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was extreme efforts. I I remember I went to high school where um, we weren't allowed to walk past the yeshiva. There was a yeshiva like further down our block, and they they made like they took it very oh, very chumrud right, up the wazoo. Right, like chumrah. That's right. a good term. It's like a it's like a, a rapid test chumrah. <laughs> You know, I just went out of the country. They made me take one before. They made me take one after. They made me take one during. Right. So they were very nervous about anything anything happening. Um, so much so. <laughs> why? You know, why do you think so? Why? I mean, why? I think for, for good reason. Because I ask myself, yeah. how small-minded can people be? You think it's a small-minded thing? I, I think there's... I think if it hurts uh, another person in a way, right? If it hurts... Let's say you're curious or... Maybe not everything works for everyone else. Well, I think that. But you made it sound like it was that was your upbringing, and it was it was uh, it was tough for you. So sense, it, right? I'll tell you what, it actually wasn't tough for me. I didn't mind it, but I'm just giving you the background of growing up that way. I, there was there was a lot of young people that did have a hard time with it, understandably so, because the nature is for us to, you know, to want to go towards the opposite gender. Um, you know, that's how we're built. And so, and they were doing everything in their power to kind of like fight that. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly when you, 
turn a certain age, suddenly it's like, okay, go meet a guy. This is what I was getting to. Mm. Like suddenly you're thrust into this world where it's like, go meet a guy and be yourself, be normal, be vulnerable, be cute, be this, be that. And you're like expected to like meet a guy and think of marrying him. And like, you know, at that age, you know how children are created. So that's not, you know, yeah. rocket science. So you're like trying to think like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. Like, this is crazy. Like, you know, it was mm -hmm. so Tall like. Tall cup to order. Whoa, what, what? Tall cup to order. Tall cup to order? Yeah. Like what am I missing? Big cup. Like it's a lot to ask. Well, it's yeah. a big ask. Yeah, it's a big ask. Yeah. It's a big ask, and and it's such it's such a leap, and some people go into it just fine. I don't know if right. they go into it just fine or they just adjust, and it's a really hard adjustment, mm -hmm. obviously, or a big adjustment. And there's some people like me that just I couldn't figure it out. Mm. Like, how do I go on a date and be genuine and like, um, and I was still growing myself. I was going through a lot of different life changes myself you know and finding myself just as an adult you right. know nothing major i wasn't like yeah. you know traveling to thailand or timbuktu I just, when did it hit you when what? did it hit you like right at, right after uh high school a few years in when you were dating and you're realizing wait a second like i'm, I'm trying to find myself when did it no hit you exactly? it was so well i in general i'm an introspective person so that's what i mean trying to find like finding myself as a person was just more of a was more of an organic process for me. It wasn't like, I was like, oh, I need to find myself. I never felt that way. But anyhow, I was going with the flow and more than happy to have my parents set me up, not have to talk to the guy. I was like, anytime a guy would call or text me, I was like, why does he have my number? Why is he texting me? Like, I was so like, mm. um, like had such an aversion to it, you know? Really? I was like, I was so uncomfortable. Like, why is he calling me? Like, it's so weird, you know? Right. So you How dare he, but I want him so bad at the same time. <laughs> this makes no sense. That's what they're all <laughs> thinking when I text them. I know it. No. Wait, so even though I don't you, know about that. Even though you were like, oh, you know, you, did you think you were more open-minded back then? Yeah, you, I, I, mean, you I was. You were chill. I'm not saying like, I don't want to pound on I was chill. I wasn't necessarily that, going out with the most yeshivish type of guys or like mm -hmm. in Chabad, we call it Hasidish. Like they weren't Hasidish. necessarily like black hatter type guys either. Mm -hmm. I was like a worldly, regular run of the mill type worldly. of girl. Working type. That's what yeah, Manus working says. Type. Working. Says worldly. Educated. Honest. Yeah. Worldly. He's He's great. Yeah, he has he has a lot to a lot I, I to like, add. We love him. We you try, do? Yeah, we tried. You tried to him. get him? Why? I'll ask him to come on. All right, she'll ask. We're him. friends. He doesn't like us. Okay, but um, oh. <laughs> Avery canceled on him. He's six probably. Times. It's, it's oh, maybe go to him. What? A meeting with him? Oh no, an, a podcast. Why maybe go to him because somebody a studio wasn't available. Let's say. Oh, uh, but now you have your studio. now. Yeah, when I was available. So you have so. to ask for Michila. I'm sure he'll forgive you. Yeah, he's a nice person. We'll uh, have he may on. have heard my tirade on Chabad people, though, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, let's hear it. I didn't have I'm one. I'm sure it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. What's with the beards? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, seriously. No, what, is, what is with no, it? No, no, I'll no. tell you we'll what save it is. That I'm we'll growing one now. Save that for it's the other great. episode. great. Good for you. Okay, but let's get back to Sarla's story for yeah. a minute. So so yeah. what was your what was your last question? You wanted to know how it transit. How did I become like awake to this like crazy reality? I think when I was like 29 or 30. Really? Yeah. Late. You think yes. late? Well, did you, number one, did you I'm feel, a late bloomer. Did you feel yeah. pressure though from the system within Chabad? Okay. Because so I was really okay, no, honestly. I realized like it wasn't coming easy to me. So I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't in denial, but I was like, you know what? God runs the world. I'm going to be my best and like be my best self. And however it's going to happen, it's going to happen. At the same time, I was like, 
every time I would go out with a guy or anytime I would talk to someone in the, you know, that got married or older, whatever, I would always try to like figure out like, what is it? What are we missing? Why can't it just click? Like every time I would go out with a guy for a few years, I would not get past a first or second date. Really? Yes. Okay. That's a lot. I, when I, when I went on my fourth date, I remember I was like, oh wow, that's a fourth date. And it was like in my later twenties, probably 28. Yeah. First of all, good for you for not for persevering and never giving up. Yeah, I'll take that. Ahuva. And this was pre-therapy, right? Yes, no therapy. Oh, so no therapy till here. No therapy. Ahuva, is that where most singles are today? Like, they can't get past a first, second, maybe third, but let's just say first. Second. Basically, they can't get for, past the first date. And is it just not for them? Are they doing something wrong? What would your message be? The psychotherapist. I don't know that that's where most singles are today. I think there's all I different so. types of singles. Some can't even get the date. Oh, you're mm. right. So okay. you can't even get the date, or like you can't even pay, get or past you the can't second, get past yeah. the first or second date. Right. What's the problem here? And then right. there's the Zero people that constantly date totally. long term and then end up heartbroken over and over and over again. I mean, I don't think there's one prototype right. to this. There's not one chronic older single type. I, right. th- I think there are, from my perspective. I think there are like three or four different types. Uh-huh. Like yeah. what and that's why I think we can all relate to each other. Yes. Uh-huh. That's it. In different yeah. ways. You're yeah. a serial dater, guy or girl. Mm-hmm. You're saying yes to every, wh- however it is, you're getting a million, you're literally booked every other night. And then there's the alternative where you just can't get a date, period. Mm-hmm. And then there's probably the third one where you're running away from it all. Mm-hmm. You're running away from it all and then you're the last person, number four, where... You're just trying everything and nothing works. You have no muscle. You can't, it, it, it's tough. You're it's like going, you're chasing your own yeah, tail. Yeah. yeah. So those mm-hmm. are the four types I've yeah. seen. But but in, in responding to your, your personal journey, Sarla, mm-hmm. and I'm putting you on the spot so you can yeah. plead the fifth at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, um, do you think that there was something happening for you, inside of you, um, energetically, emotionally, that you needed to work through at that time that you were unaware of that perpetuated this one, two date over one, two date over scenario. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and this is where the crux of this issue I think is. um, And sometimes when I tell people they're, they're not happy to hear it, but, um, and I don't like to, before I say it, I also want to just put it out there that I don't want to, compartmentalize either and say that if you're single this is why okay because i don't think anyone could really do that we're not god um everyone has things to work through no one's perfect and we all have uh what i now have learned through therapy and becoming more self-aware we all have what they call traumas growing up no matter how wonderful your childhood is either collected as a child or young adult or you know whichever part of your life we all have traumas and continue to have traumas i think like different things happen and we'll we'll associate a fear or whatever with that that's called a trauma so i think everybody has those for some people they're able to get into a relationship sometimes a successful one sometimes not and then get married some stay married happily some don't stay married happily some get divorced and some you know uh stay in their marriages but some of us are held back by these traumas or 
in my case, I feel like I wasn't necessarily, I was aware to a certain degree. So I did do a lot of self-work without therapy. So I, I was very much aware of when I was holding back or not. And I just couldn't figure out, I got to a certain point where, you know, working through things and I was trying to get through it. But for me, it was also aware that I had these traumas and they were holding me back and I wasn't, I didn't know how to deal with them or how to get myself to the next step. So I knew that having a relationship would be, was too scary to me because I was like, how am I going to actually have a successful relationship if I don't have a successful relationship with myself? And Amen. deep inside, I knew that. And only now I'm acknowledging it. Amen. I didn't acknowledge it to myself in reality, but I think that was what was holding me back. And that's why I, some people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you had to wait this long. I don't see it that way. I think I needed that time to figure what I just said to figure that out. Do the and listeners know that Sarla is engaged? We'll get to that point. Is yeah. It, yeah, we'll get there. Are they allowed to it's know? part of the story. <laughs> Sometimes Sorry. we like creating but, this allure, like right. available. Yeah, but sorry, let, let me <laughs> ask you. Well, yeah. people, up. she did it and she got engaged. Let me, she let did me the work. Does that you, make sense, though? Ahuva, sorry. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What you I'm both saying made a lot of sense. from a therapist, I'm a guy. I'm a therapist. You're a guy, yeah. and you I'm think a guy it makes and sense. It made sense. Yeah, it from a therapist point of view, a lot of yeah. sense therapeutically. I think that. I think that people can get into relationships before they have a good relationship with themselves. Yes, but it will reflect their relationship with someone else will reflect that lacking. Mm -hmm. and the, that level of health you attract you on the level where you are mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so that and i also wanted to speak to the idea of self-help versus therapy i see this so much it's yeah. like i know everything there is i've listened to every podcast I've, i know what my problems are i'm good but there's some there's a ceiling with self-help yeah and i'm going to tell you what that ceiling is when a trauma a life experience a personality is affecting interpersonal relationships, the healing needs to happen within the context of one. Mm -hmm. You heard it here first. Which mm -hmm. is the Which a therapeutic, therapeutic relationship. relationship to now, heal you. At the same time, I want to say that I deeply believe this. I think I say it five times a day in my practice. Therapy is not the only therapy. I think you can have a really healing relationship with a mentor with a rabbi, with a friend, you know, mm -hmm. but if it only takes you so far and you don't see your life transforming in the way that you would like it to be, then I think therapy can be a really good space for that. But I don't believe that therapy is the only therapy, but I am just pointing out the limitation of self-help, mm -hmm. which could bring you a ton of awareness and enlightenment, right. but it can't necessarily bring you the internal healing that happens within the context of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. But would you say that with that being said, that everybody needs guidance in in a relationship or with themselves, if it's not a therapist in some other form? Do you think that's the only way to heal from these traumas and to be like, you know, to be in a good relationship with yourself? I know. I don't think that's the only way. Like, to can be in someone a do it on their own? Do you know what I'm saying? It's possible. It's and possible. when you say on your own, like... Um, I'm saying you know, without a mentor or outside person that you're, you know, it could be like you hear these stories like, you know, music got me through that mm. or, you know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't be here if not for my nobody talks family. to the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then nobody talks. I think that there's support that we can I find agree. in our life that could bring us healing. 
but this is what I'm just trying to say is that if you find that even with that, right, your, your relationship life, your relationship dynamics are not seeming to progress in the way that you'd like, that's when I think you need to say to yourself, I, I think therapy might be the space for this healing. Mm-hmm. Have people done it in other spaces? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen that. Mm-hmm. So right, because there's not. I love. Yeah. Th- I love that you're saying that, because in general in life we get stuck on like, oh, this is the solution for that. You know, especially with this pandemic, there's one solution for everyone. But in general, the concept is a true concept, and I think even we learn that from from Torah. You know, mm-hmm. Shiva Panamotara, that there's not one answer for everyone and everything. Totally, there's not one right answer. Anyhow, sorry. Yeah, no, you know, I a like question. that. Yeah. Uh, the question was, I guess, going back to the, what we're, you know, sort of talking about before, was that we are in Shadokim, right? Mm-hmm. So the vast majority of the girls are in their low 20s, entering mid-20s, let's say, mm-hmm. and are people who have never had real, substantial, healthy, let's say, um, you know, romantic mm-hmm. relationships in their lives. How can they form themselves into doing that? Obviously, you know, like you said, you went to get therapy you did your own self-help but like Mm -hmm. during those years you're still formulating your opinion on god and you know what is it that can keep these people to continue to go on right without Mm -hmm. a good healthy relationship and without therapy to continue to say you know what this shit world god relationships like it's it's still good for me you know like what Mm -hmm. can keep someone attracted to it because i don't know if, if if someone from the outside perspective the outside world of not being Mm-hmm. Uh, from Jew would see this system and people relying on these false prophets. Let's call them Shadchanim, right? Mm-hmm. Let's to, to rely on these people to say, "Yeah, we're going to find your husband." Well, no, it's not. Doesn't just happen like that. Right. To think about it, it's, right. it's very hard. Yeah, what is keeping people in it? What um, should keep people in it? Okay, so obviously, I could I could speak only for myself, right? Yeah. For for my experience, mm-hmm. really good question. Um, I feel like from a Judaism standpoint. Thank God I didn't really, I question everything. That's the truth in general. I'm a big analyzer, questioner, critiquer. Those are proper English words, I'm not sure. But anyhow, um, I, as much as I was so much of a questioner and I have complaints to God for so many things, about so many things, I still never felt, uh, I never really questioned my faith. So that was I know that a lot of people do struggle with that. I can't say that that was really much of a struggle for me on that end, but at a certain point it did become a little bit, um, and I'll explain why. So my Judaism, I felt solid in, and I was happy. I, I didn't really have grievances so much about the community, although I felt like the shidduch system felt corru- did feel corrupted to me. And for a long time, I did feel like I was at the bottom of the barrel, like that was the message I was told. I wasn't skinny enough. I wasn't top enough. You know what I mean? Even though I went to top seminary, mind you, or right? Um, yeah, I wasn't gej. My parents were shluchim. What does that mean for for <laughs> layman? And your parents were for layman. What is gej? I mean, I don't even like that term. It's because it became such a like. Wait, can I label try to, term. Like, Can I can I, I take a stab at this? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay, because my, my dog is gej. <laughs> your crock so. pot. Wasn't your dog big is gej. <laughs> I've never heard this before. His honestly. name is Menachem Mendel. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, for someone who's, you know, been in love with so many Lubavitch girls, what does that mean? 
okay. I don't. I don't know. You have to be in it to understand. I, but Ahuva is a Lubavitcher, so so I'm, she'll explain. I'm trans. She's like, I'm she's trans Lubavitch. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I identify as Lubavitch. Um, tell me more. Tell me more. I gotta tell Mister Shit to start growing the beard. <laughs> um. Basically, Gej is like the top of the hierarchy in Chabad for, you know, for prominence, you know, mm-hmm. like for status. Status. Yichus. Thank you. If you're Gej, you're it's like. It's not top. even Yechus. Sutton Park. More Sutton than Park in Five Towns. Oh, uh, okay. Yichus, it's like Spitz. Yeah, it's like yeah. Spitz. So there's Gej and there's Spitz Chabad. Two different uh-huh. things. Oh, oh Spitz yeah. is a whole You don't even know. Where do, where do we fit? Spitzen, Spitzen, Spitzen. Spitz Chabad is like Chabad for generations from Russia. Mm. I mean, there's so much I could tell you guys that you're going to start laughing Geja about. Wait, but Geja is sort of similar. It's like, it's, there, similar. it's a river. No, Geja but, was a river. Oh, Geja It means is, that your ancestors um, went to the mikvah in the Geja River. In Neville. Oh, hey. Yeah. And that okay, affects your dating you know, prowess oh, how? In what, yes. For what reason? This is well, like because when, this it is determines like, yeah. it doesn't really, but there's just like well. this fault, this like <laughs> underlying mentality. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not black and white, but it is a the, the concept generally is true and does play a role in shidduchim. It does, mm. hands down. Um, but it's, it doesn't always work black and white like that. Um, so what Ahuva is saying is that that the stat it very much if people are more prominent in their communities or in their in you know, wherever they're from or in New York, whatever it is, a lot of times is based on their, where they're from as far as familial uh, background. So if their dad or they themselves were like a big chassid of the Rebbe and accomplished so much in terms of spreading Judaism and creating, uh, you know, the, the Chabad house in Timbuktu, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is attributed to that, which is amazing and, and all good. Um, and then there's also people that came, that their parents were Chabad Hasidim from like previous generation. And that's really what makes someone real gay. It sounds like salesman of like the month type of thing. Like everybody gets <laughs> the best family who sold Chabad the best, you win in some ways. Right. So it was so, kind of like this notion that was fed okay. that if you, if you're gej, you're somehow gej. better off, right. uh, like your family is somehow like a better, more wholesome, better family. Your blue blood, like your you know, yeah. yeah. But I think if you ask Marple, someone that's gay, they'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But then it used to be. It's much less now. But when I was starting out in Shaduchim, it was mm-hmm. like people from quote unquote gay families. I really dislike using. It. I think it's because I think it's like giving power to it, and it's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. they like people don't deserve to like be uh, that weird well, about Chabad themselves. Is like the know? biggest believer in turning jews who are not religious to religious so the shoemakers kids have no shoes ever heard of that isn't yeah the shoemakers yeah chabad is very yes. good with outreach and they've become uh-huh. a lot of lot better within reach as well but there's always problems at the center yeah uh-huh. it's always yeah. like that that's why i don't have grievances about it right uh-huh. like, there was okay. abraham Nothing's who had perfect. isaac and ishmael isaac had jacob and esau yeah like it's going to happen. No, people. so the Rebbe really told people. Sometimes there was evil. a story where <laughs> someone came to the Rebbe and said, um, "You know, I'm, I'm, I'm." Uh, they had this scenario with somebody that that was barely Jewish or or something like that, and the Rebbe said, "Please go back to that person and tell them that they're a descendant of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and they're just as Jewish as you are." So the Rebbe really fed that concept, but. As Chabad Hasidim growing up in an insular community, the 
the effects of that still played out, whether the Rebbe fed us that concept. The Rebbe was very against the concept of Gesh, very much. Yeah, and the Rebbe's yeah. our leader. Mm. But as a community, as community uh, symptom, that's what happens. Yeah, it happens, and it happens everywhere, and These it even happens in the not religious community in different up, yeah. ways, or not Jewish. Right. You have the concept of hierarchy, elitism, yeah. anywhere you go. This yes. is a Erev Rav, Erev Rav, it's right. This is right, that's who I the, call but, them, and they could be like the most from the least from. Yeah. On this block, like you don't know who they, but they're there, and they're just caught. They're but I don't the pot. think I don't think that these people that that we so-called gage necessarily all fit into that category or just because that concept exists doesn't mean like, so from my perspective, I grew up with th these concepts and I was like, excuse me, I refuse to play into this BS. I'm going to marry whoever I marry. And like, of course I want them to be from a good family, but like if they don't want to go out with me because of my background, like so be it, then I don't want them, you know? And I was like, refuse to see it as as a hindrance, but mm -hmm. even with that being said, it was still a hindrance because it kept being knocked into my head, but you're not gay, but you're, you know, like, oh, you can't go out with him because he's like top boy and like your family is like supposedly not set in these exact <sighs> I words. I hate that. But that I was the that. mentality that was being fed. Okay, here's my question. Yeah. Did, did the gay girls from your class age group get yeah. married more easily than you? Yes, but I don't know. Yeah. Did they get sure. divorced as quick as well? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. I don't know if anyone in my high school classes even. So they not a problem. Gage, you give me their it's, number. It's after. gage privilege. It's gage privilege. Definitely. Yeah, that, it's gage, definitely. Right. Oh, this, no, yeah. you're born. You're like white born. Privilege. Yeah, like white privilege. No, yeah, that I concept. It. I could relate. It doesn't even mean though, you're a better person or that no, anything's better about you, but you have that privilege. It's just that people like to because people like to assume that if you're Chabad for generations or from for generations, you're obviously better off emotionally I don't, I don't even know if people no, understand what emotional health was. What was i mean it, i think that in my high school class family. the wealthy girls got married quicker quickest right so chabad there is no wealth so, so what is it it has to be your background it has to be something creative right, right. creative right. Yeah. exactly well if you hear the term right. of yichos right lineages yichos, yeah are yeah, the so biggest from my from my and i grew up chabad my yichos is like vishnitz rebbe yichos like that's very legit but no one cares in chabad know. Which mm -hmm. is what's cool about Chabad. No one gives a crap who you really are. That's good. Yeah. You could walk down the street like dressed like homeless and no one really cares. Unless you're trying mm -hmm. to marry their children. That's a different that's where the right. line is drawn. Right. But yeah. like in let me tell you, in Pelham Parkway, New York, back in the day, it was whoever can drink the most of Kiddush. That's who was Gesh. And you were like <laughs> people were the ready to send and the firstborn, like the, the second born. Isaac, yeah, were you Gesh in Pelham Parkway? I need to know. What's Pelham yes. Parkway? That's where I'm from. What is it called? Pol Pelham Parkway. Pelham Parkway. out of town community. Where? The Bronx. Far, oh, far away. Pelham is Bronx. Yeah. Uh -huh, Bronx. yeah. Okay. Bronx. Okay, very no cool. No one's left there. So I'm also from a small community mm. in Minnesota. That's oh, where I'm from. Minnesota. Originally. Yeah. I know? knew it. Wait a second. Wow. I think I got we got your number. And yes. I saw. Oh, yes. Area I refuse code. to get rid of it. I feel very loyal. Six zero eight. Six five one. I feel very loyal to my. I work upbringing. in the phone business. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. It's like six five. Yeah, it's like oh, my, you know, yeah. Interesting. Uh, my roots. My roots. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Anyhow, so so with this notion being fed, I I saw that it was flawed. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be my best self and whatever. Like I can't control it, but I'm also not feeding into it. And it's tough, by the way. I want to jump in. And you you were able to persevere there, and you had a great mindset. But it's still tough to be with these people who aren't focused on the MS. So I'll right? tell you, How'd you no, get over that? I, I just didn't, I, ref- I didn't want, I was like, you know what? People could think that way, but like, I'm not feeding into that. I'm not going to see them like that because I don't want them to see me like that. Why should I feed into it? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm going to see them like, just like me. And if anyone has a problem, so be it. You know, like why, why should there be this difference? So I really didn't, and I generally feel like that in the world, you know, with, with people with human beings as well. Um, so yeah, I really just didn't. And so it didn't, it didn't really, I saw it. It's not like I was oblivious to it, but I didn't really, it didn't bother me because I didn't allow it to, I thought it was a toxic type of thing. And I was like, and there's a lot of people like that. So I'm, I'm saying that. And I also don't want it to sound like, um, you know, negative. Mm-hmm. It is negative, but I don't want it to sound malign. What malign? Malign, like malicious. Maligned. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's just like it I think it's a, a lot negative, less. It no, it it wasn't really. It was just like people get stuck in in a certain mentality or or whatever, and um and they it just there mm-hmm. there definitely listen. There definitely was a difference with the people that grew up from Chabad families for a generation or two or more than that, than people that became, because Chabad in the early, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, it was mostly Chabad Hasidim that just came to America and their children. Once the 70s, the, the boom of like all the Bali Chuvas that, that Chabad houses started making, and then their kids, I was born in 87, right? My parents became Chabad or became religious mm-hmm. through Chabad. And so I'm a, I'm a byproduct of that. Right, so right. my generation is like the first generation you're in between you're like yeah, i also just like always area. am stunned by the paradox of chabad yeah. in that way and like set me straight is like you bring in people into your way of life right but then they're second third class citizens yeah. it just it's a very feels tough off yeah because as, i'll tell you why because chabad even though chabad is so open and the rebbe um really really impaired like instilled the mindset of accepting every Jew for who they are and loving every Jew for who they are. We were still Hasidim from Russia. Like the Hasidic from like whatever was still such a, such a player. So it was, it is, it was such a paradox. It's much less so now, but growing up, I was growing up at the like tip of it where it really came to like, Oh wow. Yeah. And, and it, and it died down a lot because, Because now we're we're having children, so it's not really an issue anymore. But um, it was very weird for people. It was like uh-huh. we grew up going to Cheder and learning Yiddish and all this stuff. And then these people sweep in and are part of our communities and are supposed to be our friends. Mm. And they're raising mm. their children differently. They're having movies or non-Jewish books in their house. We were raised, you know, so so it was it was hard for them to relate. And in turn, because we didn't grow up with parents that grew up as Hasidim, they became Hasidim. Um the the personalities up it was slightly different so some people saw that divide and had a hard time relating so 
it, it wasn't malicious per se. Mm -hmm. It was, and, and back then there was less awareness about, about people relating to one another that were different. It was, we were more in that mindset in the world at large, not just Chabad of just people being more insular and just being with their type and not necessarily being open to different types and, you know, concepts like that. I, I heard it's so interesting you're mentioning these things because I, I was listening. I, I wish I could just say I was reading a book about the Rebbe. No, I was listening to Modi's podcast. Mm. Modi, hit us up. Oh, he has a podcast? Hit us up, Modi. Isn't he yeah, like a here's comedian? Modi. So Modi, yeah. he is a comedian, yes. Yeah, he's So funny. he actually had Rabbi Manus Friedman on, right? Mm -hmm. St. Paul, Minneapolis. Yes, we're good friends, actually. And yeah. Rabbi Friedman, Manus was, Rabbi Manus was talking about how the Rebbe had a choice to move uh, Lubavitch uh -huh, to the Eretz Yisrael. Uh -huh. But he said, like, no, we're coming to America, and he wants the, you know, Yid, like, you know, Chabad and Lubavitch, but obviously Yidin at large, to learn this American self-respect that, as he says, as Modi was paraphrasing, that Americans had mm. that we did not have in Europe. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm a yid. I'm proud. You know, mm -hmm. yid rights, right? Mm -hmm. So he wanted, and I think that's probably where at the, where this at this point of time in your time, you know, your time frame, where like this transition was going on. You know, where there was like this old you know, right European old school mentality and yeah. things like this. Yeah. So it was lot, just yeah. yeah. Very well said. Um, that's good insight. Yeah, I think that um, we definitely there was just this like disc a little bit of a disconnection between the two. And the Rebbe did a very very good job. Like for example, my father, my parents were grew up not religious. My mother's grandparents were, you know, very very from Vishnitz from the you know Vishnitz, you know the we know Vishnitz. Yeah, mm -hmm. everyone does. Baropak, right? right? Right. So my my mother's uh, my Grand, my mother's grandparents were, or great grand, my mother's great grandfather, my mother's great grandfather, my great great grandfather was a Rebbe, a, the Vishnitz Rebbe, like one of the Vishnitz Rebbe, oh, yeah. Vishnitz Kasev or something, mm. whatever. So I definitely, if you want to really nitpick, it was there, but my mother herself didn't grow up religious in Russia because they were too scared. In Russia, they taught the kids to tattletale on their parents if they saw wow. anything that was against the state Judaism was against the state. So playing, for example, my father played Hatikva in the school gym um, and they, he got in big trouble for it. He went to- Your Shul, father? My father from oh, Russia. Wow. He went to Shul on Yom Kippur and he was kicked out of college for it. Shh. So, because it was considered to be the enemy of the state. It's quite similar to what's happening now, if you think about it. Yeah. In which community? In which yeah, community in the world at large? Oh, with the you know. with the uh, vaccines and or just and anything all that. that's anything mis in some ways, quote unquote COVID. misinformation mm -hmm. is like an enemy of the state now, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's a different a different science than what's being fed by the higher ups and elites. So anyhow, it's a similar concept, very very similar, scare, scarily mm. similar. Um, anyhow, but history repeats itself. You think, right? yes. I think yes. Do you think other? So was this like? At your, uh, during your time mm -hmm. of going through these, right? Um, has this? Um, Sorry, Hoop, I feel like you're. Has this permeated at all? Like this? Um, like this? 
let's get more mentally healthy, healthier, right? Is uh-huh. it has it permeated in the Lubavitch community at all? Because we know with yes. our Ashkis, yo, Ashkis, what up? <laughs> Ashki, Ashki, what? You're very you're mental health minded. She's Ashki. We're mental, <laughs> like we're into mental health. Uh, into mental health. Closeted Ashki. You know? I don't know. We don't know who was trans, all this. She's there. She's. Multi-cult. She is the. She has six passports. She's the epitome of mental. I'm health. like yo, yeah. yo. <laughs> like so, is it is it is it uh, permeating now? Like in 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 the Bavit? Oh I my mean, gosh! 100%. I don't know. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Like people know that. Uh, Why would I it be indulge any in going to fancy New York City lounges? Uh huh. And I'll tell you, like I bump in all the time. So a Lubavitch guy. I'll and what to, uh, what is your a nice wine place? You know, Mavushal, Mavushal. Uh-huh. You know, whatever. Uh-huh. And or a cigar place. Good whiskey lounge. Uh, there's a Lubavitch guy coming in. I'm like, Mendel, his master. <laughs> what's What's your opinion on them? Do you feel like the Lubavitchers th- you meet are emotionally stable and healthy? <laughs> Those guys, yeah, because I see that they're yeah? they're really taking some self time. You know, self care. Mm. Are they married? Uh, most of them aren't. Most of them aren't. Some of them are, but most of they're them they're in their 30s. Yeah, usually uh-huh. late, late. Like, or no, usually I tell you they're in the late. They're in their 30s or they're really young. They're very young and they're just okay. kind of finding themselves. So you think it? So then you think it answers? Does that answer your question then yourself? I don't Meaning, know. I don't, so I don't, you see the one just like meeting. that one random guy? You know, people see us in places. You know, yeah, they don't see and, me. Uh, no, they don't. Um, they don't. I I would say um, yes and no. Yes and no. Yes. There's still a lot of unawareness, and that's why I wanted to come on this podcast, or you know, felt like it was important mm-hmm. too because. There is a lot of pushback against um, mental health counseling, emotional health can- counseling, um, and there still is not on not on a community level, but just on individual level. It's still very taboo, especially mm-hmm. amongst men. Taboo. On a community in a community where uh, <laughs> I guess the the outside perspective, the stereotype is right. Every Lubavitch guy is drunk. Right, yeah. walking around mm-hmm. with uh, and as alcoholics, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you would think that, that they would be uh, ahead of really? the mental health curve. No, but that's what? one of the stereotypes, right? Isn't it? Um, is it uh, stereotype? I think. I think it's a fair stereotype. Um, I think a lot of them grow out of it quickly. Do they? Yeah. yeah. The guys. Yeah, the guys. You know. And a lot of them get stuck in it, and a lot of them don't. Mm-hmm. A lot of them never get caught in it. Yeah. yeah Uva. I think that it's funny with alcohol and, and emotional health. I think what sometimes we don't realize is that addictions, and let's just focus on alcohol for now, becomes the way that people deal with their emotional Mm -hmm. unhealth. So until that slows down and they could begin to feel again and have some feelings and insights, they're never going to even realize they need to deal with anything because alcohol just numbs it out. So you have this... You're saying there's an underlying reason why someone becomes an alcoholic and can have nothing to do with being Lubavitch. It could be, it could very well be a cultural introduction. Right. Yes. But if they were culturally introduced, they're not going to have the same range of feeling that they would have without that amount of alcohol. Yeah. So they would never even know that there are things that they need to go and work through because it just gets drowned out. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if the alcohol were to like slow down at some point, all of a sudden they're like, wow, I have some stuff to work through. Right. And some of them do. I I know of quite a few Mm -hmm. people who are, you know, recovered alcoholics in Chabad particularly. Um, Yeah. Like, for example, I grew up in a house. uh, My my parents are Russian and, uh, you know, 
you know, Russian blood knows how to drink alcohol very well. Um, but yeah, no, like my father was able to like drink a full cup of whiskey mm-hmm. and like not be drunk. And even in our shul, we would have like one of those Costco sized bottles of vodka. Mm-hmm. It would come on the table for Kiddush closed. Yep. Um, and when we would clean up, it was empty, but you would never know that. Everyone wow, no. walked out completely It's like me on my sober. first dates. <laughs> hit the beat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, everyone was sober. Yeah. So um, I don't know if they were alcoholics or not. And my dad definitely barely drank. Right. But he, so, so yeah, I grew up in a family like that where Chabad, Chabad customs and Chabad mentality was very much a part of it, but mm-hmm. there was no such thing as drinking. Know. Right. I guess we were just taking a look at the community. No, so large. I'm saying, yeah, but has, but the community yeah. is not. Remember, it's not everybody. No, no, no. no. Of course, you know I was saying I mean? it was one of the I stereotypes. Like it's, it's a stereotype that for I've sure, and there's truth of. to it. Yeah. There's truth to it, well, but right. and we definitely drink excessively. And I think it. I think and it Ashkenazim is a problem. Are, are I think hello, uh, first of all, and I, nervous I'm and OCD. So Chabad is also a proponent of drinking. So should we go there? We don't want to go there. I'm a proponent of drinking. By the way, people know this. I've you know like I think you got to bring drinking and smoking back. I mean, this is the way. Yes. Drinking, smoking, know. drugs, bring it back. Wow. Well, we're Look touching at the 50s. The These were amazing for you the You should men. start a school for kids. <laughs> and sports. Yeah. Did I, I actually sports? just signed up to a training about psychedelics and therapy. Hello. Right. Oh, very I heard of that. Is it good? Jordan Peterson talks That's about very, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. really? Open I have heard of it. No, I that, think when mm-hmm. if there's a place for it, I'm okay with it. Right. But yeah, but those th- it happens to be that that drugs and alcohol turn very quickly in, from recreational to addictions. So Addiction. that's mm-hmm. where the it, it can get very gray. So I don't know, but I but I do believe mm-hmm. in freedom. Well, my so. my coworker mm-hmm. just today, this guy, this guy HG, what up HG? He he's like forty five and BT Balchuva, <laughs> and he grew up in a Hopwog, Hopwog Long Island. So. Uh, whatever we got into some uh, you know uh, conju- we were conjugating about whatever Long Island and verbiage and he's like oh I, I was a crack addict I know I know so I'm like wait a second so I'm like trying to understand this you know addiction and he's uh, just ostensibly from him he was able to tell me that yes like most of Long Island in the 90s people in their their in their teens just everyone got addicted to drugs wow so in the 90s yeah yeah makes sense yeah and today, what is it? Is it like Lush and Hara? Is it Instagram? <laughs> no, it's still drugs. What is it? No, yeah. people, drugs. Yeah, drugs they still like self-medicate. The but there are good ways to do it. Like Ahuva, you were saying about psychedelics. Psychedelics, if it's guided, tell us more then about it that. could help. Yeah. I will tell you more about it after I attend the training. I'll come back. Oh, so you're going and you're going to We could have a little experiment. Well, we actually want to do an episode about like that. So that's good. That's cool. That would be really cool. It will come up. So I like what you said, Sarla, about like you never questioned the 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 view or the recommendation basically this opine view but but i mean i never, saw the flaws you, you, you in it. question that yeah. you always question that but you never question the actual faith right like people meaning, do get lost in correct so they here's what in, i realized is that really like humra, 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 this that the other yeah, whatever they, put ev- they pull you know? everything together meaning they're like oh the these pull it together. The, this yeah. mentality is so toxic so judaism is toxic or chabad is toxic or whatever right. it is wherever you're from so I thank God. I don't know what th- I just really do. I'm, I'm saying this with real honesty. I do thank God a million times a day for this. In high school, I had a very, very hard time. I, w- I was a tough teenager. Let's put it that way. Mm. You wouldn't know. You would. You wouldn't think that I from meeting know. me. Mm-hmm. But I was 
probably one of the worst. In the principal's office every day. Every day. day. Principal every Levy. Day. Yes. Principal Levy. No, Moskowitz, but yeah. Principal Ma- okay. Um, no, I was really, I was really quite the, ter- you know, the terror. They, she would call my parents and be like, I don't know what to do with her. Should we send her home? Like, I got suspended. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't pretty. But um, throughout it all, I was able, and I, and I actually attribute it to my upbringing. That's the truth. That I was able to separate the message from the messenger. I was able to separate the fact that my principal did not understand me, completely, completely did not know how to, how to treat me or whatever, and and it just made the problem worse. But at the same time, as a teenager going through, um, going through this, where you know you weren't, I wasn't understood, and I was constantly in trouble and constantly being blamed for being in trouble. Um, that I was able to say, you know what, she's not treating me right. I don't feel like this, like, I feel like this is so not okay, but I'm also not going to, like, it was never a thought in my mind that I should drop my Judaism because I was having a hard time as a teenager. Because just because what she was doing to me, I felt like was unjust, doesn't mean her message is wrong. So I was able, able to, to decipher, se- decipher able to separate difference. the yeah. message from the messenger. And I think that's where so many people get mm-hmm. stuck a lot of times. In their Judaism. Do you, do you think that played well into your dating life? Meaning yeah. like you were able to separate dating and Shadokim from the system being, you know, maybe uh, tyrannical and awful and horrible <laughs> that you were able to say, you know, like, oh, I was able to separate it just like that. It's really, or maybe even more yeah. maladaptively. I'm going to mm-hmm. take yeah. the dark side on this is like you kept returning to a space that wasn't good for you. And maybe in the mm-hmm. dating also is like you kept returning to a system that wasn't working for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because, right. Because I didn't completely reject it either. Um, uh, That's what singles do. That's what, what? singles, singles in the shidduch system do. Mm-hmm. We were just discussing this, Avery. They mm-hmm. do what? The, maladapt- they, keep- they go well. to back to the mal. This is maladaptive, right? They go <clears throat> back into it and the toxic it, relationship. It's, it's toxic. It's not good for them because, because you know it. It's what you know. There, you know it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to question if I question it. There's already preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. There's already a setup in the system. Oh, you're you're, you're questioning this. Right. I have faith. You're, in a, the system. you're you're a kaifer. Right. Yeah. And you also kaifer accepted ha- the self blame of I was a really difficult teenager. That's yeah. why she was like this to me. Oh, um, no. I think she was like that to me because she truly did not understand how to deal with people like me. I get it, but you yeah. owned that you weren't cookie cutter. Yes, I wasn't. And she couldn't deal with that. Correct. And then you end up in a shidduch system where you're not cookie cutter. Right. Mm-hmm. And peop- and the system couldn't deal with you either, but you kept returning <laughs> to it. Maybe, yeah. All with great faith. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. How, how, can, how can we, Avery, how can we influence the Oilam. Are, are are there like the Shidduch daters, you know, we just came from a Shabbaton. We saw a lot of people we saw a lot of singles mm. who we felt were in this uh this this jargon this here. This maladaptive yeah. this maladaptive behavior. Yeah. It's purgatory. Well you did ask me yeah. where yeah. what how did it change and I didn't get to that. Mm-hmm. So okay, maybe that us, could answer your yeah, question. Yeah. This, this is overture into yeah. yeah. How did this change? When did you get out of it? Mm-hmm. Smack in the face the Yabishta came down. Moshe Rabbeinu threw the tablets down. Yeah. Eliyahu Anavi showed up on Pesach. I could go all day. The, this is great. Yeah. 
I it was Jay kind of like podcast. one of those Bam. moments. Yeah. The boss call of Shidduchim. Like, Sarala, wake up. You know, you're, you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's called a, is it called a revelation? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Revelation. I had that. Yeah, this revelation. The area. Yeah, so I was always questioning, like anytime anyone older than me got engaged and married, I would always be like, oh, what, what was the experience like? And what, what do you have to say about it? And I would always try to understand, like, how did they get from where I was to where they are? Um, and so I just, you know, kept asking. And I think the fact that I do what I do, I, I'm a, a hair and wig stylist, so I get mm -hmm. to see people and talk to them. Mm -hmm. So I'm always learning from them and hearing what they have to say about their experience in life or marriage or dating or whatever it is. Um, so being that I was trying to be as open-minded and, you know, trying to learn from anyone that I saw, um, I kind of realized, and I kind of like just realized what was happening. Like, first of all, I wasn't really getting that many dates and the dates that I was getting were like so off for me, or at least it felt that way. I do have a theory that maybe they felt off for me because I wasn't, when you're not in touch with yourself, everybody seems wrong with, for you. And you will never, you will never meet Mr. or Mrs. Wright if you're not open to the concept of Mr. or Mrs. Wright. People want it and they're dying for it, but they don't truly understand what it means. So when you're not truly open to it, no one's going to seem right. Everyone will seem wrong. Does that, to does that to make sense? Totally relate. I've definitely totally been there before. Yeah. 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 Well, totally look. <laughs> yeah. So there. that was definitely also part of my part of mm -hmm. where I was, and I and I realized at a certain point I was like. And then also the, the idea of that, like I was, so I was being, this is where I was going. I was being set up with guys and I kept being like, oh, they're so not right for me. So whatever. And, and, and then after a while, it kind of like, there was like a little bit of a lull because I was like at the cusp of turning 30, like, like getting over the hill, which was like huge crisis, huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, anytime yeah. I met anyone from my family or friends or anybody, it was like, what are we going to do to get you married? Like, oh my God, we have to get you married. Didn't that like instill more pressure into you? And it was a bigger trigger that, that like, oh, we're going to get you married Absolutely. and worry about the end goal. Nah. As opposed I'm in to the 30 no? club, I know. Not for me. Okay. I mean, it was we'll definitely, there was definitely certain pressure, but I was like, yeah, yeah whatever, when it, it happens. It does it for me. It's a big trigger for me. So it that. is. So yeah, it, it, it is a trigger, but it wasn't, it was, I was like, yeah, you know what, whatever, whenever it happens, you know, I was like, chill about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely, so it was, it, it was such a focus, but I realized, so everyone was like trying to get me married, but like, there was like no guys around because either the, this is what it was at a certain point. It's like either the good guys are taken mm -hmm. and the guys that are left, everyone labeled them as extremely picky. Mm -hmm. So Thank you're, you. which makes you, you feel like you're not good enough. Right. Because they're so picky. So it's like it's like the boys are so great and you're so mediocre. Almost like it was like this weird notion of like, oh, my God, I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not whatever enough. So you start questioning and doubting your own self-worth because, well, they're obviously picky for a good reason, because they're waiting for someone amazing. And obviously I'm not amazing enough. So that's, Oof, that's, I hear that. Yeah. I so, and about that's that what so many too. girls feel, even from a younger age. That's what I did feel from a younger age. But when I was hitting 30, I really realized that because I was like, oh my God, the good guys that are left are very picky. So I was like, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. Like nothing's cooking. And I've been doing this for almost 10 years. So like, but that's what's what you were change? thinking, meaning that's what you were thinking. Well, that's what got me 
think that's okay, what yeah. like I was like, what is gonna change? Yeah. Like like Imlayakshav Emasai and also I'm Enanili Mili, meaning that no one's coming guys, to the my same rescue. picky guys are out there. I, I feel like sounding like I sound like such a rabbitson, but like I feel like those like are hello. Oh thank you. NTS Shluach. NTS? You're the, nobody talks. Oh, so nobody. Oh, I'm sorry. You're the sorry. official NTS Shluach, Avery. Shluach. The stow went on to her. Uh, yeah. Everyone's so, anyhow, continue. No, but I feel like these phrases <laughs> really like say it all. Right. So I really felt like w no one's coming. And this was, you know, going back to actually like in a way, uh, you know, childhood or childhood traumas or whatever. Like no one, for example, my experience in high school, no one's coming to my rescue. I had to come to my own rescue. Yes, mm -hmm. you know? exactly, exactly. And it's a survival instinct, which that. actually like in some ways is like, oh my God, I feel so bad that that's, no, but it's actually a really good thing also. So it really got me to be like, look, no one's, no one's coming to my rescue, obviously. Yes. Um, so I better, either it's me coming to my own rescue or just like rotting, like I see everyone else doing. So yeah, because, you know, girls were hitting 40 already that I knew and I was like, what is going on? They're cute, sweet girls. I was like, I don't want to be that. So I was like, look, mm -hmm. I could either stay in my zone. This is this is what, what I thought to myself. I could either stay in my zone and be like, you know, uh, this is the guy I envision and I'm going to sit and wait for someone to suggest a great guy and go on a date and be able to click with him. Or I'm going to venture out a little bit and try to open up my mind and try to try to realize that Maybe somehow the perfect person that I'm envisioning is not who he is, or maybe that's not who I need, or maybe that's not who I'm going to get. But the scary part of that is then you feel like you're settling because then it's like, if it's not the perfect person that I envisioned until now, then, and it's someone else, then it's settling because they're not as whatever it is that you consider perfect. Mm -hmm. Then I'm getting somebody that's, you know, not good or like I I'm ending up with someone just because there's no other options. And I was petrified of that too. Um, but I realized like I would have to do something drastic. Otherwise I was just going to stay where I was. Amen. That's amazing that you came by the way, uh, another word for that re revelation, you know, yeah. epiphany. It was an epiphany. Yes. Epiphany. That's that you the had, word. Yes. That was, that was Mr. Vocabulary here. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Professor Shaq teaches me a lot. But yeah. that's, hello, see, this is, I also am in the 30 Club. Oh, yeah? I'm in the 30 Club. Welcome okay, to the 30 Club. Why are you whispering? We're on a podcast. Because it's, it's comic. Wait, Avery, it's you're the comic. only one left. I guess, yeah. He is. Still in the he is. Oh, yeah? Don't God worry. Bless. God bless I, I, all ages. Don't, don't touch. Worry. Don't touch. He, <laughs> I got him a room already in the facility. He's joining me. Oh, By the way, it's not the age; it's the away. stage, and age is just a number. Uh, I know. Thank it, you. Honestly, it's life experiences, but uh, yeah, and it's also just mind, me about mindset. Years. <laughs> I don't even think it's stage; so it's your energy. Your energy. Energy is right. good. Yeah, but I love. See, this is this is um, something that I've I've been a proponent. I've had a revelation, epiphany, whatever yes. you want to say. What's your epiphany? That right, you have to get to a mental state or an understanding of no one's out there to save you. Right. No one's coming to you. There's not a shachan out there that's going to say, "Oh, I can't believe I just found you. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find the guy." Mm -hmm. Um, that's bull bleep. Bull bleep. I thought you were mm -hmm. allowed to come. No, I know. No. But then I have to edit it. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, like, it's just nonsense. And by the way, I'm happy I came to that epiphany. I'm I'm trying to... Thank God. ...tell people about it. Yes. Like, tell people about it. Like, I saw a guy um, just recently. We went out for some bears. 
I'm kidding. We we went to like some kosher joint, but that sounded cooler. And <laughs> he sits me down. He's like, so, so it happened. I'm like, I'm like what? He bought a house. It happened. What? What happened? You mm-hmm. know, giving her a get. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. He's he's like, I found a re- a baltrufa, really BT, really. B-. He's like, she doesn't yeah. know anything. I'm like, dude, amazing. I'm like, why are you why are you sad about that? Because he found everything he wants. Okay, the Ashkafa was a little off, whatever. He went through his, his thing. Mm-hmm. But he actually finally pulled himself out of it. He's like, I'm going to go take control and figure this so thing out. So is he out. marrying and her? This is, yeah, yeah, they're together oh, for amazing. like seven months. Really? This is Mr. Amazing. Seven weeks we engaged. Wow. And now they're together for seven months. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Um, our, P- our production assistant is here. Uh, Isaac, too. Nor, okay. And... and- so yeah. anyway, yeah. So Sarla, this is what I'm. This is what I, I like to hear. That mm-hmm. I like to hear that. So yeah, it is. It it's a little bit, you know, the ba- on the balancing beam here. Like, is it you? Is it what you've done? You know, like when does it mean? Like, is it when shit hits the the, the fan? What right? that you, you saying- could actually come to that epiphany um no, a lot of people don't. Like, when, like right, like well, shit never. Like, hits I dated fan. a girl seriously. Mm-hmm. And after I dated her, we went out. I just, I knew it wasn't for me, this girl, but like at a certain point, and we were just dating five months, and it was like at some point, I'm like, hey, you got to buy the ring, you got. And and after that ended, yeah, I realized, wait a second, like something's wrong with me. At that mm-hmm. point, I was like, I'm willing, whether something is wrong with me or not wrong with me, I want to go solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And that's right. what encouraged me. Like, let me go talk to a professional. Let me go starting these these help books. Let me I go like what you said. Out what ha- I don't care whose fault it is. If right. I'm at work and and and, uh, and something happens, like I'm responsible. Right, you're responsible and for these, yourself. And yeah. I don't know if people are taking responsibility like they should. Bam. Well, who are the girls Amazing. taking responsibility in their shidduch world? Because I still see so many of them just relying on. Yeah. I don't think it's a gender my parents issue. and yeah. it's, it's it's a general I don't community. Say it as a it's in our issue. community. Yeah, I think a lot of people are not. I do it myself. Are not owning their role in in what's happening in their lives. They they see themselves as victims of a system, and they don't say that they're taking an active role in mm-hmm. creating what is happening in mm-hmm. their lives. And I think it's very empowering. Actually, you call it like shit hitting the fan. Yeah. But it could be a little bit of a rock bottom. Like or a rock mm, bottom. when yeah. you finally realize that nobody's coming to save you, the beautiful part of that is that you realize, wow, I could save myself. And I think that's a really beautiful moment that comes out of that darkness because mm-hmm. it is a very desperate place to go. Because like you think, okay, it's taking me a little longer. Somebody's going to mention something. My married friends are oh, going to meet right. their husband's friends. are going to, mm-hmm. you know. And, right, and you went though. Yeah, when yeah. You I mean, it's continuous. It's like slogans, you always have this slogans. hope, and at a certain point, you're like, "It's really nice to have this hope, but it's just not happening." It's not happening. So yeah. you hit that spot, and it's really depressing. Mm-hmm. And then what emerges is, I got to help myself, and that is a really empowering place to be. And that's where the self help, the therapy, the you know trying to figure out your role and what's been happening to you really comes into play. I mean, is this, is that part of what happened for you? Sarla? Um, slightly. Yeah. I, I realized that um, the rock bottom moment was, I was like, look, there's like the Shadran system that I was staying very true to and like relying on and so happy to, because I didn't have to deal with finding my own guy, which was very scary to me. Cause I, mm. I that was very much shunned in, you know, it wasn't like the norm growing up. 
So it was such a weird yeah, concept there was nothing. to me. What was there? Right? What do you mean? Like wh- where else? Well, would you, you said find earlier somebody? that you were. Split where up, else would you? You know, we talked about things. She was. Well, what? That it was shunned. Yeah, it was. It was I mean, even no, even in the shidduch system, it was like hang out you go out with a guy that's that you get set up with. Right. You don't just hang out with a guy or mm-hmm. you don't just like set yourself up with a guy or vice versa. Yeah. You we're, know, even we're breaking for a guy uh, to ask here. you out. Yeah. <laughs> even for a ways. guy to ask yeah. you out was, is like not the norm in Chabad. Really not. It's not right. um, and it works for some people. Like I really do. I, I have clients and I've been doing it for five years and I speak to people that are really happily, very happily married, wonderful people, wonderful husbands. And I know people very pers- in my own personal life as well that, you know, got married through a shatrin and and young in their young to mid twenties and very very successful. Mm. You know, Ahuva's a good example, Ahuva, right? Uh, you're in, a, you're in, in the house. Oh, Ahuva's an yeah. example. She, oh, wait, what about? I'm an example I, of the shidduch system. Right. But I also so suffered through it. I it suffered works. for six right. years. Oh, six? Wow. What? That's yeah, a long time. I dated over mm. fifty guys, but I am no way successfully married 50 guys and girls right no it works your husband and and i i always look i'm i i will cheer it on i'll Mm -hmm. say it does work for plenty of people out there yeah it does but times are a change isaac stated over 100 guys and girls so far (laughs) 100 guys and girls (laughs) (laughs) well i do every time on holy shit (laughs) yahoo posts and i'm like amen sister Shid match. I love it. And it's a guy. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get a beer. We'll get a beer. Yeah, but Isaac, your <laughs> anonymous bio gets so many matches. Ooh, which wow. one is like? And and I save them to highlights, and they continuously. And I'll be like, I'll send you a new name. You'll be like, I didn't post anything. I'm like, hello, people, look at the highlights. People are looking oh my God, after that's you. So funny. It's really oh, that's nice. So special. That's good. Well, I, I want to tell you, um, Sarala. Yeah. Being that you're from the Altaheim, I can relate to you. Um, there was like, there was just this in between, there's this limp state of limbo because one word, one word, you might get it maybe Mm -hmm. Grossingers, Grossingers. No, I don't get it. So this Grossingers was like a place where everyone went to. It was like a place in the Catskills. Mm. People went there to meet everyone. That's Mm. basically how it used to be. We're we're in the Catskills, is it? I don't know. Not Woodburn, because like, that's I have what no I idea. know. Okay. No idea. I don't know. Because I never heard of it. Okay. Oh, okay, fine. So maybe Lubavitchers, you know, uh, mm-hmm. code on late, you know. They were in the Gezer. <laughs> Let's say it but was. like, there was no, I, I get it. Like, at some point, like, for some time, it was probably like, what would you do? Like, you're not in Shaduchim. Where are you now? As we discussed in a recent episode, there's J-Swipe. There's Hinge. There's there's mm-hmm. Soyu at Sinai. Why you connects? There's other yeah. places to meet. Right, which there's is amazing. There's parties. You, mm-hmm. go to the, you could yeah. go to com- Brooklyn communities, Upper West Side communities, some other, you know, uh, you know, popping up places where you mm-hmm. can try to, but where at some point there was like, there was a place where you, just, where would you yes, go? Yes, exactly. Where was, would you go? Especially was, no if you're not, time. you're not no like, I wasn't like, oh, I want to like go to a, a regular bar and just pick up a guy. Like I wasn't ready to do that either. <laughs> yeah. I was still true to my values. Yeah. I'm like a firm girl, but I was like, yeah, but this isn't working either. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was, I was like, like, all right, look, look like, like this, this really, really isn't, isn't work- working. Let me be honest with myself. And you know, the people that are trying to help me. Um, and it was just like, they would suggest, I realized like they would suggest guys names that these guys were just like unavailable. And like, these are the guys that are the guys that are left to marry like, emotionally unavailable. Well, I, obviously that's the bottom line, but it was just like, oh no, they're they're not ready to date, or like, no, it's a no, they're not interested. No right away, right. And and I used to ha- actually have so much, like, this is a strong word, but I had animosity towards these guys. I was like, mm. what is their problem? They are the good, 
handsome, normal guys. guys that are like have a good job or or at least we thought they did. Um, mm-hmm. you know Cash Advance is real, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a lot of them have great careers in cash advance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it pays the bills, it's all good. No, no, so, no, no, no judgment. Yeah, if you stay yeah no, no judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you pay yeah, your judgment, bills, go to holy shit for some good. Right. Judgment. Shit, it was like, but these, well, you had animosity towards these guys, towards these guys. Cause I felt like they were holding me back. Uh-huh. And that's also a yes. concept I yes. learned in therapy or just yes. also through my own self help was like, you could look at it so black and white and it could be so true and so real that somebody is holding you back and they really did wrong you. And they did. And there's right, no two ways wrong. about it. Right. I was wrong. Same but, feeling. But so what? what Where am I now? Exactly. I'm still single. And Chance. the guy is still not interested in me. He's so like, right. how how is that going to help gotcha. me? So you. he's obviously not my guy. Or I could, I kept mm-hmm. wishing, like, oh my God, maybe he'll change his mind or like whatever. And then I, I started this new career in, in wig styling and, um, you oh, know. Interesting. Oh, it's new. Uh, well, oh, now it's not you're, you're that new, off. but like it, I was 29 when I started it. Mm-hmm. But that and was, I, by the way, the same mindset I, I yeah. adapted. And by the way, therapy helped, getting older helped, mm, experiencing yeah. life, mm-hmm. put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Helped because I said, wait a second, why am I putting my happiness future in the hands of these people let me just even take away, take a step back and not even approach it from a malicious way and just mm-hmm. say, maybe it's just not shy. It's just not shy. Correct. And I have to find something else, right? That's why I look at the Parsha when like Lot, you know, goes, departs from Abraham, mm-hmm. Avram Avini. And like, I was thinking, you know, maybe there's another interpretation here. Like maybe <laughs> he was just eyes. like, bro, this is just like, you know, it was a good run. <laughs> But like I got to do my own thing now, yes. you know, and bam, right. Well, his maybe daughter, that's where we got the strength do- from. So from Avram Avinu, like, like, yeah. So you started your career as the the new career. Yeah, the, the new career, and so I, I was like, oh, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, this will kind of bring me like a different, and it did. It definitely brought me like a different place in my life and uh-huh. access to a lot more people. And I thought, oh, like, and in the beginning, people would be like, oh my god, can I suggest this guy to you? And people would would try to set me up, you know, very very kind and amazing that people do that it's great it doesn't hurt to set people up but i i just realized it was really at my age i was 30 31 it was going nowhere so um i relate i'm sorry yeah it was just going nowhere so i was like look i could stay in this system or i could i could try to put my life in my own hands and i will put myself out there and start getting comfortable because I was like, I'm 30 years old and I can, I've never, even through my dating life, through my 10 years of dating or whatever it was, eight years, nine years, I've never fostered, like I've never gone past the fifth or sixth date. Okay. Mm. So I've never even fostered like a good connection with anyone. And I was like, I know, I know I'm straight. Like I know that. So I was like, something is wrong. I cannot connect there's something wrong with it. And at that point, there was already like, who are you getting set up with? Like, there was really no one left. So I was like, all right, I need to figure out why I cannot connect. And I need to try to connect. Maybe I need to try to connect organically. And I'm 30 years old. It's a little weird that I've never dated, that I haven't been able to date someone longer than six dates. I need to figure this out for myself. I need to figure out how to talk to a guy, how to get into 
into a relationship, I was like, I'm taking marriage off the table because that's too scary. Yeah. Let's just talk yeah. about just having, you know, a one month dating situation with a guy like that's never happened to me. I've never dated anyone for longer than two weeks or whatever, you know. So anyhow, so so that was like the start of my journey. I made a conscious decision to start being more active or out there in either single events. So I pushed myself to go to one Friday night meal and it was kind of like, and I was so like same people. Although a lot of new people people or a lot of these guys that I haven't met, but were like the top guys that kept saying no to me. So I finally was able to meet them in person. Mm -hmm. Some of them, some of them. And you Um, ripped their heads off. (laughs) So yeah, I actually, I remember actually (laughs) this one guy came. It happened on our shop. If you want to hear about this, it's a good story. What happened with one guy? That someone ripped your head off? No, to a friend of ours on the shop. That someone said something to him? Just say her name probably This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. No, it happened to me, by the way. I went, we, I went to a singles event and like this girl who I was chasing a little bit, like I sent my, you know, I made sure my resume, this is years ago, my resume got to, you know, she saw it like six times, but it's okay. That's normal. Yeah. Wink. Mm-hmm. Um, I met her and she like walks out of the bathroom. We're right there. Like, she's like, oh my God, you're held. And I'm like, oh uh, yeah. Is that I'm your like, last that name? That was weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's weird. Okay. What about whatever. Oh, no problem. I could go with the vibes. She's like. You're a Virgo. Here's a little bit about you. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. You're like totally different from what I was able to ascertain off of your uh, resume. How funny. Like you were right. that well. you were that two percent possibility of what and you mm-hmm. are and and I was I was just I felt acquitted from the mm-hmm. trial. Yeah. So we're we're created we all we're also fed this notion where and I realized how terrible it really is recently where i would go to shatrin or someone's trying to set me up and they're like so what kind of guy are you looking for and you're expected to give them and that's not what they necessarily mean but in my mind and i think a lot of other singles minds when people say so what kind of guy are you looking for it creates this notion that you're supposed to have a vision of who you're going to marry and they're going to set you up with that vision and if you don't get set up with that vision or if that vision doesn't come to you you're screwed you are screwed. And mm-hmm. I was like, one second, am I really screwed? I came to this point where I was like, I'm screwed. I was like, but I can't, I know I can't be, come on. I was like, I'm too, You're I'm too fighter. cool to You're like be screwed. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm 30. I, I'm 30, but I still got it. Like everyone thinks right. I'm 22. So like, mm-hmm. come on. So I was, <laughs> I was like, I was going to say 20, 23. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm 34. In a few months. Well, that's yeah. Like, um, you know, fresh off oh, the boat. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So anyhow, so I was like, you know what? No judgment. No judgment. No, no age should not be judged. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let me let me just um, you know this is not this is not going to be the, my end. I'm just refuse to hang on the wall and dry like I see many others. Or I shouldn't even say that because that's so terrible. But just people that that just you know 
are relying on on being set up by Shachanim or by people and are just still waiting and waiting and trying their best and they're wonderful, wonderful people. And I was like, I just, that scared. As much as the other thing scared me, that also scared me. Like the other side to just go out on my own was so scary to me. Yeah. That also You're scared content. me. You're content. What, you know, where Yeah, I was start? comfortable. So I went to this Friday night meal that I was telling you about and I, I did meet a guy there and I was like, and I, be, I, I, I got into my mind, you know, I, I happened to be able to do that to myself, talk to myself. And just be like, I, I give myself a persona. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're stepping into this room, and you're going to be confident whether you are or not. You're gonna, you're gonna be that. Yeah. Like, I tell myself that, uh, like, you're gonna flop no matter what. <laughs> oh, it's so, a different persona. It's a no, different, so you need it. You need a positive sounds, to yeah. yourself. No, you know? no, mine sounds like a harsh. Uh, you're pr- terrible. Principle. <laughs> Yeah, that's your super we have, ego. We have different, uh, yeah. different right. personas. Avery, so you, that's your super ego. Yeah. The very punishing. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. We all have critical. I also have a very critical yeah. side to me, and I, I, I listen to it sometimes, and sometimes I'm like, sorry, not listening to you now, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah. So I, I went into this room, and I just kind of pretended to own it, even though I was shaking like hell yeah. because I was never. Can you imagine? I was never really at a mixed event or like, right. you know, like, yeah, I would never ha- like talk to a guy casually besides for at a Shabbos meal, like f- whatever, or, um, or on a date, which I was never comfortable on a date. But so if you, it was act, always, if you act as if you're someone who is comfortable and sort of like play, play pretend. Correct. So that's the key. Yeah. So, or maybe you activated a side of yourself that had not been activated yet. Agreed. I think it's more what you're saying, but that, but doing that activated it so so i you make it a hundred exactly yeah so i was like i am (laughs) it's my side you're faking it look at you You we made some progress Let us know how much I owe you, Hoover, for this. this. Great couples <laughs> podcast therapy. <laughs> Wait, but right, uh, I, 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 I can totally relate to the court. You know, and it, like you are scared. You feel like you come in, the spotlight's on you. You don't know who should I be. Should I correct? You know, should I just be honest and be like, yeah, should have sucks my life, blah blah blah. But I'm like, I'm okay with who I am. But then on the other side, you got to like hold it. You know, like what's up? Right, we're good. And also you be know? myself, genuine to mm-hmm. myself. You know. I'm not, I'm not extremely outgoing, but, but since I started doing this, so that was the first situation that I had. And, um, and since then, and, and that was like my first dipping my toe in. And once I did that, I was like, all right, this is, this has to be the way to go. So I was alleviating. I started like helping to arrange these Friday night meals and then slowly but surely, I, w- I became more friendly. I-, I expanded my friend group. I was still stuck in the world of being friends with my friends that I was friends with 10 years ago. They were all married. So I didn't really have single friends, single people that I was really friends mm-hmm. with. So I basically went out and created a whole new, like, I, I created new friendships with-, with other girls my age, women my age. Um, and then I also started, I was like, you know what? This is this is my this is my perspective going forward. I'm not thinking because they make you think like any guy that gets suggested that they go out with is a extreme potential for marriage. So that's like our mindset. Anytime you meet a girl or a guy, what, depending who you are, that they are. Oh, can I marry them? Can I not? It's like oh, it's like the switch that goes on, <laughs> on in the your first head. Date. No, After forget first, first date. Or, if you see them in a second, store yeah. or like you see them at a Shabbos meal, do I want to go out with them? Do I want to marry them? Right. That's the next question you ask yourself. So I was like, I'm turning the marriage question off. Like this doesn't exist right now. Married off. Yeah. I'm, I'm, 
I'm turning the marriage thing off. Right now, I just need to figure out if I could even have a relationship with this guy. Do I want to even date him? And Can then, you last in the elevator? Right. That's the question, right? Ahuva, this is the psychological. Can you last in the elevator? Can you last in the elevator, right? You're, you're wow, at, that's easy. You're going that's to so a easy. Right, but let's say you can't. Let's say you're like, oh my God, his teeth, he smells, whatever. You're out. Then you're in your head. Now you're going in and you're, no, but no, there's like a reek. You know, oh, then that's like, problematic. Then you're going out with somebody that's probably you know, problematic. From, from Snoopy? Is that Snoopy when like they had the little, you know. Cloud over cloud, the head? Yeah. Mm. No, then that's obviously problematic. But then once situation. you're in the elevator and you're like, oh my God. But like, you decided. to this person. Hey, this is, I want to get to know them a little no, bit. No, but then you're talking about having that click. There's not, that's also, we're fed this, no, I was, at least me, I was fed this notion that you're going to go out with somebody and the one who you marry is someone you're just going to click with. And I was like, mm, I, I just okay. wasn't clicking with not people. Not that click, right. Yeah, no, so it's like, you, like, if you want to wait for that, like, good luck, you know? Mm-hmm. I know who has to head out in a few minutes. Um, oh. Was there anything you wanted to... Uh, I feel so called out. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, people, We're it has, been, it. It has yeah. been an hour and 18 minutes. Okay. Oh. You're like, it's, whoa! It's been a good run. Whoa! Very good. Yeah. 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 No, I'm I'm so intrigued by... Like, I, I know we're friends, so I've yeah. been along some of this journey with you. Yes, Ahuva I, was. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. I love how you're crystallizing your experiences into some really helpful um, perspectives and tips. I love what you just said. Turn the marriage question off. Just see if you could be in a relationship with the person. Right. Because I, I agree with you. There's like this fear factor. There's something very final about like mm-hmm. marrying the person. It also means that you're shutting out all other potential opportunities, somebody better, somebody like more, someone more, you know, someone just better, a better fit or more like like how I imagined it right. would be. Right. Which is that's that's what kill that is yeah. what's killing people nowadays. It really, really, really is. Because mm-hmm. whatever you imagine, let's just leave with let me just end with this. Mm-hmm. Whatever you imagine the person you're gonna marry to be is not who you're gonna marry. So keep your imagination. Don't throw your imagination out, but just know that that's not who you're gonna marry. And if you keep with your imagination, good luck. Yeah, I want to just add to that or expound on that. I actually think you could get everything you're looking for. Mm. I you just, can have it all. I think you can. Okay. I just don't think it comes packaged Correct. the way you imagine. Correct. Yeah. So I don't want to throw yeah. out this idea of like, you're not going to get what you want. So just, you know, settle with the right. best you're case not scenario. Gonna, mm-hmm. Is it I, that? Yeah. I do think that if you do the work and you're a healthy version of yourself and the right. things that you want, come from a really healthy desire within you, mm-hmm. I actually think you can get all of it. I just don't think it will necessarily come packaged up the way your 19-year-old brain right. imagined And it stayed that way. Spouse. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ahuva. That's, that's very, very true. And as somebody that's engaged, I'll say that. Yeah. Like, it's not because uh, mm-hmm. my fiancé is someone worse than I imagined. It's just not the package that I imagined. Mm-hmm. And that's why even initially when he was suggested, I was like, I don't know. Like I had, I was like, I didn't see it. But really he, ha- he has everything and more, right. you know? So, but, but it's not the package that I envisioned. But now that I'm engaged in, you know, in a relationship, I realize, but who cares? Right. That, package you, that package you envisioned is such a like one-sided vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and like you're i guess what i'm also want to say is like 
your vision is your perspective or your reflection of yourself, of who you want, how you want to relate to that person or how you want them to be. But they're an individual of their own. And that a lot of that vision is our own facade of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But you're not marrying yourself. Yeah, or you're marrying someone else. Yeah. I think Ooh, I love that. sometimes so our vision is compensating for our own insecurities. Yeah, many times. Right. I mean, th- isn't that part? Well, it's the part rescue, of our, the hero, right? Yeah. That you're, yeah. That they're going to save your problems. Or, or like, this is really big. This she was, will. She will. They're friendlier was, than you, right? Yeah. there. Or yeah. this was really big for me, and I've heard it echo in clients and friends, is once you're past 21 years old, right? Or 22. I was 24. It's like, like okay so i found this guy and everyone knows what i was looking for and they also know how great i am so they're going to show up at my engagement party and see this guy next to me and they're going to be like this is what she held out for as if i held out oh my god that's my yeah <laughs> terrible I, I i didn't hold out I mean, for nothing right but it's like this pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. to like produce something mm-hmm. so amazing that yeah. I waited for as if I like rejected all the Prince Charmings of the world, you know? So it also has to do with being getting so comfortable with yourself that you don't need other people's approval of who you end up with mm-hmm. to feel okay. And yeah, I think that's so, so much of the work that we have to do as single people in order to let the right person in Mm because they're not going to come packaged the way you imagine them to be (laughs) or packaged in a way that is soothing to your insecurity. Right. Amen. So powerful. And hello, by the way, first of all, I learned a lot of that, what you said from this amazing movie, (laughs) how to lose friends and alienate people with Simon Pegg and Megan Fox. You ever see that? No, I I saw, I mean, I know I I heard of it. I never saw it. Really? Yeah. That, that was my that movie. movie. That was a, you know, you just I, looked that movie up, right? No, I know. I, I, this was it? a big. Isaac, like, everything you've <laughs> learned in life, you've learned from the <laughs> shed. Don't from pretend the there were <laughs> movies <laughs> and books. It's like there. an old, old movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, well, I know we were met. We're, what's we, the chachma that you got from the movie? Five hundred days of summer. Also, we have to write those. After summer comes autumn, should do a movie thing. It's a great movie to watch on your Insta. We have to think about the highly recommend. Like yeah. life lessons yeah. that like, like the this. Hollywood producers want us to you get dream from something. Okay. Yeah. Well, not the recent, yeah. you know, yeah. but the pre, you know, back uh-huh. in the nineties and where early they weren't 2000s, as perverted you know. or yeah, demented. they were they were like yeah. shidduch system True. survivors back then. Yeah. You think so? You know, yeah. they were all Jews. And look, Home Alone, he ends up happy. So it yeah. uh, uh, works out for everybody. That's that guy. I know. Isn't he dating someone anyway? Uh, Aren't uh, they all always dating somebody? And we are always getting divorced. Us celebrities as well. I was just dating another Jew, Jinfluencer, as I call Mm -hmm. him. Jinfluencer. What's Jinfluencer? Jewish influencer. Oh, I thought they like drink gin. Gin And it didn't work out. That would have been a great match. (laughs) Would it have? Uh, Anyway, I thought of a song uh, to end on this wonderful. I I appreciate Sarla, you coming on. Ahuva, always. Um, so where can the people find you if you wanna if you know if you want them if to? they wanna connect you mean or, or get their hair professional done. business oh, right right um well they could instagram is like my you know my jam so it's Perfect. at hair by sarla s the way it sounds s a sarah l-e l-e good s-a-r-a-l-e think french and yeah. people should just go to the shit hub at holy shit underscore underscore Holy shit. underscore underscore shit. shit. And mm. uh, as you mentioned, by the way, you mentioned uh, 
they're like sometimes it becomes a figment of our imagination what we really need. So I was thinking of this thing a little bit. A little uh, bit of a song. There we go. To end. To end. Tell me you know what this is. Fish. No? Count to three. The great Come with me, and you'll be in a world of pure really imagination. Pure imagination. I feel like he's a pedophile. Yes, he makes sense. Yeah, he was a Lavacher I appreciate you coming on. Welcome to my imagination. If you want to live paradise. If you want to view paradise. Wow, Simply nice. look around and you Good talk, it. eh? Anything you want to do it. What? Nobody talk shit to him. Alchi's Media Network.